0: Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives.
1: <laughs> I saw I was getting my oil change the other day, and they had TV on. It was like a Food Network show or something like that, where they, there it was this ice cream place, and all the ice creams were like like as hot as you can get, spicy.
2: Wow, oh, interesting. And they had yeah. like so levels. the cold of
1: the ice cream, but then the mm-hmm. yeah, it was. And he was having to like mix the stuff outside mm-hmm. with like gloves and wow. sleeve and stuff because if he touched it, it'd burn his skin. Would, wow. like all those
0: oils. That's wild.
1: That is
2: crazy. And then people were eating an ice cream.
1: Yeah. I like hot stuff, but that's
2: too much. Too much. I would be interested. Okay, not. I don't like super hot, but I would be interested in something that's the equivalent to like the jalapeno jellies in an in ice, cream ice cream form. That would, would be, be good, interesting. Because yeah, yeah. Re- there's got to be something like that. I really like uh, chili dark chocolates mm. mm-hmm. that are infused with the dark ch- or Maybe the chili. Do a chili dark chocolate ice cream. Ice cream. Oh, Dude. I think it's got. That's got to be out there. I'm gonna go talk to Scott at the latest scoop. Yeah, he, he'll make it. And just say, Scott, look. I know, I know you, I know your girlfriend. Yeah. We we see each other all the time at Target and Walmart (laughs) and other places. Which bathroom do you use? (laughs) (laughs) And just be like, dude, make me a dark chocolate chili ice cream. I'll buy the whole five gallons of it. Just do it. Just make it. Like dark chocolate in like, like wolf chili.
1: (laughs)
0: <laughs> right oh, <laughs> that's so gross we were, uh, we we're, were over doing, your
2: Fritos with some cheese that would be the
0: worst we uh, we we were doing a mission trip in Louisiana after Katrina I think Um, and we were right next door to the church we were staying at where they were opening up this ice cream shop but it hasn't been opened yet they had the tables and the boxes and stuff but we noticed it was about 10pm and all the lights were on and we were walking past it and the door was open it was, it was uh, held open by a cement block so we being teenagers just walked in there <laughs> and so we walked in we were like hello and the guy was in the back and he was making they didn't do any ice cream flavors that were normal they only did like the weird flavors so he had like and, you know uh, gator yeah that's
2: right yeah i'll just give it just cajun stuff <laughs> <laughs> he's like i just make cajun ice cream now did you, did yeah. you want the blackened cage? the and catfish ice cream or just <laughs> the right. fried
0: catfish ice cream so like even though to me it was like he, but now I explain it as like normal flavors, but like he wouldn't carry like bluebell. He's like, I'm going to make everything myself. Right, yeah, yeah. And so, but the only one we could try, he was like, "I have a batch that we can open up. We can just eat some right now." It was super cool. Like they weren't open yet, but yeah. he was like, "Yeah, let's all eat some ice cream." And so, uh, he had a chalkwork orange, and it was his take on dark chocolate and orange peel huh. and a few other flavors in there, mm. and uh, it was really good. And oh, we all chilled and ate some ice cream, and he told us about his business and everything. And I was like,
2: "Man, this yeah. is great." That, that I would enjoy that flavor a lot. It
0: was it was really good. And then when the latest scoop opened, it reminded me of him because like, this is yeah. really cool that like another like just people really enjoy making yeah, ice Yeah, my
2: favorite one that latest scoop ever had that I. I've tried because i'm sure they've had flavors that i've missed but my favorite one of theirs was blood orange mm-hmm. and the first summer they were open i had that like three weeks in a row and they've never made it since that i've caught i've never caught it where they've made it again and but it was just mm. it was so good refreshing
0: refreshing Speaking of refreshing, let's just take a little sidestep over to the PCC. Welcome to Pierce's Culture Corner. We're here hanging out, sit on down, get comfortable. Let's make it happen. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about something that on the surface is really controversial. And I'm not going to dive into the really controversial part of it. But uh, we're going to be touching on the NCAA swimming competition from last month and the transgender woman that won first place of that specific competition. Again, so I don't know. I know I've said this probably every PCC this month. I don't know all the ins and outs. Last week it was, I don't know all the controversy with the movie. Two weeks ago it was like, I don't know how SCOTUS works. This week is, I... From what I, what I saw initially about Leah Thomas was that there was one competition, but apparently there were several competitions that week and there was different well, yeah, places a, a that A swim held. meet
2: is like a track meet, so it has a ton of different races, different length Did races. Did Leah Thomas
0: compete in various of them? Or was I, it think, just... I think
2: three, three oh, or okay. four, and didn't finish in the top four for the other ones. Gotcha. Or the top three for the other ones, yeah. So what
0: I'm seeing is that people are taking anyway i don't know I'll, i don't know all the everything that took place but i do know there's a lot of controversy that's what i do know and there's a lot of how do we define gender there's a, oh gosh i saw one of the best jokes ever that somebody commented on there is like what is a woman and then they the very the top reply was well i've ever since 1997, 90, it's been based off a of feeling and they quoted shania twain <laughs> Man, man, I, I feel you a like woman, and I was like, "That's the best response oh, to any so of this good. I've ever seen was in that my 97? life." 97, wow. yeah, when wow. that song came out in that while.
1: Um, I feel like they put so, it every year in New Mexico when we go on our retreat.
0: It's, I know, and then I have Shania Twain
1: in my head for <laughs> yeah. the whole week. Like you and I are going downstairs to do like serious stuff, <laughs> and we walk down the stairs, and it's like, man, I feel like a <laughs> woman. Next time we go on <laughs> our retreat, we'll just
2: listen to Shania the whole way <laughs> the out. The whole way there.
0: That's <laughs> right. Got to get prepped, man. Uh, so anyway, my, my commentary isn't on transgender, isn't on the 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 it's on defining gender. Do you want to know or, how swim
2: meat works? Oh yeah, exactly. Isn't on the political
0: side of suit. It's specifically on Shania Twain, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> uh, um what it is on was I begin to think like, okay, now that the, now they're broadening the question of like how should we divide sports? If culture is gonna go this way and define gender differently than we have ever how then do we divide or should we divide sports? And so I began to research and look into like, how have we divided sports? And initially the divide was back in the original Olympics was divided based off like social stature. So only men could compete because socially they were higher than women. But then it diluted into, well, we're going to divide based off of physical stature. And the easiest way to do that was men compete and women compete separately. And then even within some of the male-only sports and female-only sports, you have to even subdivide within that. Look at boxing, look at uh, MMA fighting. Like you have to have heavyweights and lightweights. And so the reason why there is separate, but how we understand separating um, within sports and competitive events is in regards to physical um, feats would be based off of Maybe fairness is a wrong word, but but fairness of competition, like um the the example that I used earlier was that we would never say that Conor McGregor is a bad fighter if we threw him in the octagon with the heavyweight champion of the world. But like he would get demolished. Like that's I mean, I actually, I shouldn't say that holistically, but like Probably. but like because Conor is a light, is is a light it's a lightweight right cool. I'm speaking out of my realm here.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's but, a ton of categories. So, but
0: yeah. there's a lot of categories. So like, but Connor's in his in his division, of this past year, right was top, right? It's pretty good. Okay, yeah. pretty good. Um, yeah. So again, I don't know I all mean, the names. He, I don't know all he's. People, he's not but. as good as he
2: used to be. And he just okay. got beat.
0: Oh, did he really? Yeah. Again. Oh, okay. My yeah, bad. Like, My bad. I'm no, so sorry. No,
1: no. But just no. I mean, like he he came back for that. Like he he's he's a beast. Like, gotcha. Yeah, he's a good okay. fighter. Phenomenal fighter. He's had a rough couple of years and some of his things. But, and, so and for those been, fans, I apologize. It's yeah. I mean, side note. Like it's it's been about. Con, the, the
2: brand Conor McGregor he's really good at his brand gotcha George St. Pierre and, yeah. was a really really good MMA fighter like emphasis there is yeah. lightweights and heavyweights yeah.
0: within their you're looking at their divisions
2: within not-
1: the rules to to your point of boxing and MMA mm-hmm. it would be difficult for someone who is a you know, flyweight a going flyweight up against versus a super heavyweight, heavyweight. Like, they could do they could get some hits in probably do some damage it's just it's, it's, it's to your point like mm-hmm. it's not a fair competition it,
2: well yeah. it's uh it's how uh my mind just went blank. What's it called? UFC. It's how the UFC was before Dana White bought it and took it over. Oh, it was just anybody? Yeah. It was. Oh, it was just like a straight up cage match. Yeah. You'd roll but up. There were probably less rules, I'm assuming, back no, then. No, exactly. It wasn't sanctioned. It, oh, like, wow. it was hard to see what you would get see, paid. I, so Dana White bought it. I sanctioned think Conor it. McGregor could take on a heavyweight if there weren't rules. Right. right. Mm, yeah. You know I what, what I'm saying? See.
1: Like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fast, he's, he can yeah. punch hard. But like, if you can kick a dude in the nuts, you can win a fight. You know what i mean? So true. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah. That's how you went against me. Um. So that's the only way, right? Oh, okay, good to know. <laughs> that's a that's a weird tidbit. So anyway, uh, so all that to say, I think that if I don't, the issue here isn't isn't necessary. I think if we're talking about sports, the issue here isn't how you define a woman. The issue here isn't how how you. Um, fall politically if the issue here we're talking about is sports then let's go back to the roots of it why are we dividing sports if the issue if we're talking about a physical competition then yeah there were advantages and disadvantages because of the how of how this happened
1: i think if you if you were strictly looking from the perspective of the match you could yes. have that but there's so much more that goes into it than that mm. so for example <clears throat> if you had a uh High school girls team playing a high school boys team. Let's just say soccer because that's what I played mm-hmm. growing up. Um, it's it's very like you're very touchy in the game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to steal the ball from you, it's not like I'm stealing the ball from you, like from afar off. Mm-hmm. I'm all over you.
0: Yeah, 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 So there's
1: other issues with that as well. I see. Yeah, you see. So like it can't just. I think that's what people forget. If they're, they they approach this Leah Thomas thing as if it's just like about. They do approach it politically from the perspective of what's a woman, but I don't mm. even think we can go into, like, what, how do we divide sports because there's so many other nuances in, in and how said. we yeah. divide it. So I think that the division of men and women's sports, for example, if you ask parents across the board, the majority of parents of girls are like, I don't want a boy competing against my girl, not just because of, like, the touchy-feely thing, mm-hmm. but also because, like, like, when you're playing a sport and you're playing hard, you're not thinking about the other person's safety. Mm. I mean, yeah, you're not yeah. trying to hurt them usually, but, like, you know, if I if I'm tackling somebody to get the soccer ball, I just by nature of physicality, I'm probably gonna hurt a girl at mm-hmm. that age. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, and there's not, and there's not a lot of dads I can imagine that are like. I mean, there's obviously there's those few rare specimen of women that are just like, yeah, you know, able to compete in men's mm-hmm. to some degree. You know what I mean? There's the Ronda Rousey's who could probably like take on a bunch of a bunch of dudes in MMA, but like, mm-hmm. so I just think there's more nuances than that. I think what people she yeah, forget. Yeah. A lot too. She did, yes.
0: That's I do, true. I do remember that.
1: And what people forget is like, this actually is about what is a woman.
0: Oh, okay. I got because you. Because
1: there's more nuances in sports mm-hmm. than just, if If we're only talking about the matchup between like a fair match of physicality, mm-hmm. then there's going to be situations where, few, but where a woman could take on a man. Mm-hmm. A few situations, but by nature of like physical differences, it's, it's, it's not typically a match. As an example, when I was in high school, the, uh, US women's soccer team took on a like a state championship high school boys team and mm-hmm. lost even mm-hmm. though they were more skilled, more experienced, but the boys were just faster and stronger. Mm-hmm. And so that's not doesn't mean they were better soccer players in terms of skill level, it just means that they're faster and stronger. It's not yeah, it wasn't yeah. a slap against the US women's soccer team, it was just like that's just the nature of the physicality. Yeah. But what what's happening right now, I think the reason it's such a controversy over the of Thomas thing is that it's it's not just it's not just that um that it's a mediocre men's swimmer that's competing mm-hmm. now in women's sports um and is winning at least in one, one. race. Yeah. yeah. Um it's I think it's a cultural, it's a cultural question of what is a woman. And now if mm-hmm. like you asked a couple of weeks ago, if you have a Supreme Court justice nominee that can't even answer the freaking question, mm-hmm. then it just is a super slippery slope and it is a i've seen i've seen photos of feminists now protesting the uh the trans women in women's sports because Mm -hmm. it is a this is the biggest offense to women yeah yeah. you know like this year the whatever magazine woman of the year was a dude Mm -hmm. the ncaa you know swimmer like championship swimmer was a dude like this is Mm -hmm. This is degrading to women. And That's what people. So I really do think the question is, "What is woman? Like, yeah, the, I yeah. think that's at the core of it. I got you. Because there's yeah. there's more to sports than just the competition. Is what I'm saying. That's why I think it matters. Yeah,
0: I see. Yeah, I was when I was talking with Hannah about it. She she was like, "Yeah, the only if if we're only looking at it through the lens of sports, which which I agree with you, there's too many nuances to do that." But she was like, if we're only looking at it through the the lens of sports, then the only things you can do is introduce way more divisions is have, is have male, female, trans, trans, and just like keep introducing divisions or wipe out every division altogether, which to your point a second ago would just mean that everything is dominated by men essentially, like, except for a few specific sports, Mm -hmm. um, that are, that are different in regards to the, what you need to compete. Um, and in that, in that part, like, what, what are you even fighting for? What is equality? What is, what is, what do people actually want? In yeah, that, that's, in that that's, the, like,
1: that's the uh, question I think is like someone's fighting for that.
0: Exactly. Like what, what do people actually want? And I think that what people are doing, which we, I talked about this back in COVID times. I was I, a PCC, I remember, I talked about this back in COVID times um, is that I said COVID ended because of racism is that whenever everything ended or started with George Floyd is that, hey, nobody leave your homes. But then whenever everything <laughs> happened George Floyd, hey, everybody go protest. Like we have, we have a duty. So like, I think that as a culture, this too often, where like as soon as something happens, it's like we've just got to rush to those things and then throw up our banners, whatever those banners may be. Yep. Yep. Instead of like you pointed out a second ago, th- pointing at like exposing the different nuances, we've got to think things through. And hopefully, this is a bigger deal that we can, we can think about, okay, like what, what does this mean for the future? May it be for competition? May it be for our, for our daughters? May it be for our friends? May it be for as just as politics? Like what does this look for? Because as we respond to this and make rules going forward, maybe for the NCAA, may it be just constitutionally just like making definitions that are going to affect the future. Um, Let's not just think for the here and now of what makes people feel good, but actually like what makes sense let's think more well-rounded instead of just well i had a friend that felt this way so i need to back them up like you can love people and have an opinion i know that doesn't make sense to anybody on the woke left (laughs) at all but that's where we are went a little bit over on that i apologize um but yeah a lot of thoughts on it not super concrete um but definitely a lot of thoughts on it and it is it is a uh there's a lot going on surrounding that topic for sure yeah um
2: Speaking it's not, it's not going to be a topic that gets just thrown to the wayside anytime soon.
0: No, 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 And I'm, yeah, I, I'm, there's a little bit that makes me happy that we're seeing more, more opposing yet supportive people stand up, if that makes sense. So like yeah. the feminist people protesting, these are people who have proven within their past to be for
1: women. I don't think it's going to be long lasting. And so, yeah, I, I think there's too much opposition to it. I, yeah. I think that once the strength of the media goes away in terms of like being allowed to say these kind of things as a point like with with uh the all the parents across the country standing up to their school boards mm-hmm. uh, when once once the politicians and schools said we can teach your kids what we want to teach them and the parents are like oh no no no, no. i think is what you're going to start seeing is yeah. is the parents standing up and being like wow oh, that that dude's not competing with my daughter
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? <clears throat> yeah ryan what are we talking about today man
2: pierce Today, we were talking about the fact that God has an eternal purpose and will accomplish it. But Ryan, is there any way for us to know that? Yes, Pierce. Well, <laughs> oh wait, I forgot. How long have we been doing this? <laughs> Two years. Well, actually, Pierce, yes, we can know that God has an eternal purpose. Uh, we can know that it, he will accomplish it. And I think I think paramount to our faith is the understanding and belief that not only does He have a purpose, but that He will accomplish it. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, it, it's it's Paul talking about in in Romans eight that we know that one day that uh, this earth will be made new, and that we will see God face to face, uh, that we will enter into glory with Him. Like, this is our hope. This is our confidence. Uh, but I, I think this conversation really has a lot of nuance uh, to it because I think that a lot of people are like, great. I'm glad that God has a purpose for eternity. I'm glad that God has a purpose for heaven. But what about God's purpose for me? Yeah. Uh, what about God's purpose for my life? What about God's purpose for my family? What about God's purpose within this job that I'm in right now? And uh, and so, uh, can we thwart God's purpose? Can some people will say, well, may, man, maybe you miss God's will for your life on that or. Uh, which is kind of the the statement i 've heard people make, you know, but it 's kind of the statement of saying like, Well, you messed up god 's plan for your life you you really <laughs> blew it, you know uh can we mess up god 's plan? So we have a lot to talk about today um or a lot that we want to talk about. I think that there are so many nuances to this, it probably will merit uh, a second conversation at some point, but we can at least scratch the surface of it today. Um, can you start us with like showing? Like showing that, God's purpose,
1: sure, how he accomplishes it, or that he's going to? Well, I can try. There's uh, some texts.
2: Yeah. So so first of all, um, the the eternal purpose of God, uh, I think if you've been listening to Simpler Podcast for any length of time, you know that we stand, that the eternal purpose of God has been redemption through Christ, uh, what we call often, and I think rightly so, the gospel, the good news, this message of Jesus. And that has got been God's eternal purpose. Um, nothing's going to derail that. Nothing's going to, um, uh, nothing's going to like keep that from happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, God made a promise to Abraham. He said, "Through you or through your your line, the whole world will be blessed." That's a prophecy about the coming Savior, the coming Messiah. Uh, we see that God took the people of Israel, took them into Egypt. About seventy-five people brought them out at a million and a half people made them into a nation, uh, preserved that line, uh, kept them from being completely annihilated by the Assyrians, and then again by the Babylonians. Ah, there we go. And then by the Persians, preserved them, brought about Christ. Like When we see the prophecies that deal with uh, Christ coming and being born in Bethlehem and being raised in Nazareth and who his parents were as mother a virgin, like there's so many things that God has outlined that He said before. In fact, He even says in one of the prophets, He said, "I, I said all these things before, so that when they would come to pass, you would believe, like that I'm God." Right? And so, so He said all these things beforehand so that people would put their faith in Him and would trust in Him. And um, He talked about we talked about this a little bit last time, and then uh, several and last month, I think as well. But just the things that foreshadow Christ, uh, the type of death that Christ faced on the cross, the the fact that even the two the drink that Jesus refused on the cross, and then the drink that Jesus took on the cross that that's prophesied about in in the psalms, uh, like all of this came to pass. And the confidence that we have as believers then is everything that has yet has has not yet come to pass will come to pass, and that Christ will return and we will be glorified and we will receive new bodies and we will reign with Christ uh, forever. and like those things are coming. and so, so, for, for the sake of of this podcast, and tweak this language, guys, a little bit, but for the sake of this podcast, when we're talking about the eternal purpose of God, we are talking about those things that that relate to Christ and the arc of the gospel, the story arc of the gospel, mm-hmm. Christ coming as redeemer, Christ being God, Christ coming again to to ransom the world to himself uh, and make the world new and bring all things to a completed end. So when, at least that's what I mean, is that fair? Like when we talk about the eternal purpose, yeah. eternal purpose of God is, is having to do with, um, with Christ and and the the beginning and the middle and the end of the gospel message. Mm-hmm. Uh as far as like I know that when Michelle and I married in 2000 December 2006 uh 6 7 months later we moved to Longview. And a lot of people were like, "Man, did God tell you to move to Longview? Are you sure you're supposed to move to Longview?" And what they were really asking is like, "How do you know this is God's plan for your life? How do you know that God's moving you to Longview?" And what I I told them back then and I would still feel comfortable saying to them is like, "I don't I don't truly think that God cares where I live. I think that God wants me to make much of him and honor him wherever I am. And we moved to Longview for two years and came back, you know, and uh, we left knowing we would come back. Um, and maybe the caveat is like, I feel like
1: there are uh, scenarios where where it's like incredibly obvious. Like yeah. for example, you felt called to ministry. Yes. So you yeah. know what I mean? Like there are specific things, yep. but the, the, the shift you're saying is like, there are people who want, want to know what God's plan is or what he desires for life. Well, it's the wrong word. What his plan is for every single little piece of my life. Right. Where should I go to college? Like, where does God want me to go to college? Which house does God want me to buy? Which car does he want me to buy?
2: Well, Um, and I I do think that we can, uh, I don't know the best language to use. We've talked about what language to use for this, but, uh, I, I do think that we can delay or slow down or hinder like God's plan for us. So uh, an example to me that feels really clear in that is uh, in the Old Testament, when God brought the people out of Egypt, um, it's about 15 months after they come out of Egypt that he takes them to the promised land. And they're on the edge of the promised land. This is Numbers 13. This is is 15 to 16 months after they've come out of Egypt. Um, And the spies go in, they spy out the land, they see the land. 12 spies come back, and 10 of the spies say, Man, we can't go in there. These guys are giants. They're going to kill us. They're going to kill our wives. They're going to kill our kids. And two spies, Joshua and Caleb, are like, No, man, God gave us this land. Let's go. And the people reject Joshua and Caleb's counsel, listen to the 10 naysayers, and they say, We're not going in. And so God goes, Okay, if you're not going in, I'm going to make you all die in the wilderness. Everybody who's 20 years old and older will die in the wilderness. And I'll take the generation of your children in, the generation that you thought was going to die in there, I'll let them go in and live. And you can go in after 40 years. So the people were like, uh, never mind, we'll go in. And they try to go in the next day. And then God kills all those people that try to go in the next day. So, like the, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, they could have been done after 15
1: months. Yeah. And maybe so to clarify that point, God's plan for Israel is what he promised Abraham.
2: Right. That- they come
1: into a nation.
2: Yep. The, give him that land to Mas- dwell in. Yep.
1: The Messiah would come through their line and yep. through that all nations would be blessed. Yep. And he accomplished that purpose. Yep. But there's ebb and flow to how that story happened.
2: Right. And, so and he we- even told Abraham he was going to give him that land. Yep. Like that land was going to be given to yeah. the descendants of Abraham. Right. They could have had it right 38 away. and a half years earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and so
1: I think that's the point is like, you would be hard pressed to say God's plan for Israel is that they would go to the wilderness.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah i don't think um, i don't think there's anything you can point to in the I mean, text we're in not fact, saying like the psalms and the prophets would say the opposite because it says that they rejected him right like they yeah. they disobeyed him right so we would say that like god has god's purpose in israel he
1: accomplished yep but how that how that happened was some ebb and flow yeah and so like i think that's maybe like if we were going to take some application for us like there there's I think maybe we could we could hinder ourselves too much in normal, everyday life by saying too often, what is God's plan for this one particular thing? And it, and it may be that- We're micromanaging our lives. Yeah. <laughs> missing I'll, I'll the bigger this, picture. Like, <laughs> this is totally just me. I don't know if this resonates with anybody else. There have been times in my life when it has been incredibly obvious that God wanted me to do something like- yeah. No question. I couldn't turn away from it. Sometimes I listened. Sometimes I didn't. Yeah. Um- And there have been times in life when I've made decisions that like what you're saying earlier about Longview, like I I don't think that it was like God saying I had a plan for you, like, you know, trying to decide on, you know, vehicle situation coming up. And like, I I don't don't really know what I'm going to do yet. And I'm not sure I'm like, honestly, this is what I'm also saying. I, I don't think it's a problem to say, God, help me, help me through this. Yeah. But to say like that from eternity past, God had a plan in 2022 as to which car I would buy. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's I don't think we can make a biblical case that that's that's part of the way that God right. is doing things. I don't think he particularly cares. Now, if I'm I could say I could make some decisions that were either wise or unwise in regards to buying a vehicle. Sure. Yeah. um, Things that would maybe hinder or help what I feel like God is calling me to do in ministry. Like those mm-hmm. are separate conversations. Right. The fact that God has an eternal purpose. He's going to accomplish it. He has inserted me into that storyline and that there's ebb and flow potentially to how 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 that happens. I think there are two opposing viewpoints in this conversation. You could probably add some some thoughts on this, Ryan, because I know you you're more well read on this than I am. But there's the, the camp that says that um, God controls like every aspect of everything that happens. Like He's
2: yeah, the socks <laughs> I put on this morning. They
1: they. It's funny because oftentimes these people we'll say the rooted inscription They'll use a term like sovereign, like God is sovereign therefore, and then they'll determine how they're going to define the word <laughs> sovereign and what that looks like. Um, but I 100% degre- uh, agree that God is sovereign. Yeah. But I'm going to use the definitions that the Bible uses for that. Yeah. God being sovereign doesn't mean that uh he determined from eternity past that I would wear a quicksilver shirt today. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't right. think that's what that means. I think it means he's in ultimate control and nothing will ever change that. Right. Um, And the, so that's one camp who says like God's, God's eternally eternally planned every single nuance. Another, yeah. I'll tell you more issues of that in a second. The other extreme is um is this camp that says like God God can't actually know what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, He knows where it started A, and He knows where it ends B, but right. He has no idea what happens between right. point well, A. Which you and point should
1: probably like you should probably define those two things real quick, just so people know what they're hearing.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know the good way to define those. So <laughs> at least give them terms. The, yeah. So the, the, I, the idea of, uh, the latter one that you mentioned is frequently called open theism. It's the idea that God has an eternal purpose. He knows what's going to happen in the end. He's just not exactly sure how we're going to get there because he's just sitting in heaven waiting to see what we're going to do. He knows where it will all wind up, but, you know, how it gets there. it's anybody's guess, including his as to how it gets there, which is, uh, man, there's so many scriptures that you're going to bump into that says yep. he, he, knows the end from the beginning. Like he, like, uh, he, he forms all things according to the counsel of his own will. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so much that you're going to have trouble with. Now, the first group that you mentioned, um, like there's, the, there is an idea and it is based on scripture. Like they, they point to a ton of scripture, which is, Let's give him props for that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. There are tons of scripture that points to God, knowing all things, uh, knowing the hairs on our head, knowing, knowing days, knowing times, knowing seasons, uh, that he, like he foretells, uh, the end from the beginning. He knows like, there's so much scripture that talks about that kind of stuff. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, it's, there's probably not a term to define that. I think that's just yeah, a group. Yeah. It, it's part of a people. theological stance.
1: I, I think there's people even outside of that theological bin that would say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and so and I'll tell you actually there's one, there's one more I just thought about in the middle. There's a uh there's a there's a group of people who are kind of I would say in between those two but believe that um that the concept of like walking by the spirit in Galatians 5 means that I asked the Holy Spirit for every single little thing. Like I knew a guy back in the day that would stand in front of his closet in the morning and pray like Spirit tell me what to wear today. Yeah. Uh and that's we don't see that. I'm not going to see I'm not going to tell you that's wrong. Yeah. I'm just yeah. going to tell you that I don't think that's how God really wants to interact with you. Um now again, nuances if you're a teenage girl who's like trying to figure out if you should honor your parents and what they've asked you to wear or not wear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you should stand in front of the closet and go, all right, God, what should, you know, that's yeah, a different,
2: yeah. a point different, being, different heart, different nuances. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. so,
1: and I think actually all that wraps, if you want to wrap all that up into a simpler version of like how you would make those decisions, honor Jesus and everything you do. You
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But this, this idea that like, Um, so I think where a lot of people get the idea that, man, we can, we can rob ourselves of God's blessings. We can, you know, we can disqualify ourselves from God's gifts and his generosity. I think most of those are rooted in old Testament law. Yeah. Like if you do this thing, God will do this good thing for you. If you do this bad thing, then God's not going to do this good thing for you. Yeah. Uh, and so the question that I would want to ask somebody there who's a believer is why do you believe that our relationship with God is based off of how we perform the law? Mm-hmm. you know, rather than based on who Christ is. And so it, it has to, like, I don't feel like that's even a, I don't feel like that's the same conversation we're having right now about like, if you mess up the law, then you're like, No, I think there's, I mean,
1: maybe one question to ask in the midst of, because I totally agree with you on that a hundred percent. There seems to be like, well, here's a weird conversation 1 uh, Corinthians 11, when he talks about the Lord's Supper, right? he says if some of you have taken it in an unworthy manner, because of that, some of you gotten sick and some of you have died. Right? Um, that doesn't seem, I mean, I, I don't think you would make a case contextually there that God's saying, my plan for you was that you would take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner so I could kill you right. or make you sick. Right. I think what he's saying there is, I've given you, Paul's saying I've given you this tradition passed down to you, yep. and there's some of you who have done it in an unworthy manner, which, side note, we believe is not, coming to the Lord's Supper with, like, unconfessed sin. What we believe is that he's saying you're doing it in a way that isn't pointing to Jesus, yeah. um, which is the point of the Lord's Supper is, mm-hmm. is Jesus said, I'm basically changing the Passover saying yeah. this is me. So for those of you who are just eating all the food and drinking all the wine without it pointing to Jesus, God's saying some of you have gotten sick and some of you have even died Yeah. from that. And there's part of me that hopes that that's an intestinal thing.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean like
1: you get food poisoning you get real oh, sick or you man. get food poisoning I don't know I'm just yeah. anyways but that I, I don't know if you would you would be hard pressed in that context to say that this was God's sovereign plan that these people would yeah. take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner Um, but this is also something where I think that there is a result of how they acted yes you know what I'm saying yeah. so like that is a single nuanced part of the conversation. I think Yeah, I can't think of very many more things like that. I, I remember the prayer of Jabez thing back in the day. Oh, totally. I mean like that, that is not August of 2000. That, that is a, whether, whether he knows it or not, that was a law-based perspective. Yeah. Um. I, so I think that, I mean, are there things that we could miss out on in our relationship with God by our own doing? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Um, Maybe a question to ask in this is even like, as a believer but like, not righteousness not standing before god nope. not holiness no. nope. and maybe
2: here's an example not forgiveness maybe here's
1: what i mean like if if i have now the opportunity to have a relationship with god yeah, that's what has been opened up to me through jesus i'm now called a child of god and have a have a mediator before the father um well that's probably about something else too but anyways i have a relationship with god now um I kind of think that there's an essence where we can take hold of that relationship in intensity or we can take a hold of that relationship in less intensity. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there's texts. Uh, I think it's Colossians 2 that talks about um, um we're being built up in him uh it's not usually translated that way. I will have to find that in a second when we go on to something else. But that God, the idea that God is working in us as as believers, whether we know it or not, he's doing a work in us sure. to build us up. I think that's kind of the the concept of of Ephesians 4, these people that are gifted to the church or gifts yeah, 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 for the equipping of the saints that we are being built up. But I would say maybe Ryan you can attest to this like if you hadn't read the Bible so many times through the years you wouldn't be at a place right now to teach the way that you do.
2: Yeah. You know for what I'm sure. saying? So yeah. like
1: I think that even if it was done in the wrong manner, like we would say Paul, um Philippians. The Apostle 1. Paul. Yeah. Hmm. He the majority of what he understood about the scriptures was from pre-relationship with oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And and so um how he I think how he utilized that Understanding, He could have just been like, I know everything I need to know about the scriptures. I'm yeah. good. Or he could have used that and said, now I'm going to build in my relationship with, with God yeah. through that understanding, which I think you see through the scriptures. So that's what oh, I mean. Yeah. It's like, I think that yes, we're declared righteous in Jesus. We're good in the sight of God, period. Yeah. Period. There's no, there's no if, ands and buts, but I, I think that there's things we could take advantage of and potentially yep. miss out in the relationship we have with God yep. here and now. Is what I'm so
2: the, so, <laughs> I want to be super harsh right here but i'm I will not I will try not to be uh, an an individual believer i'm going I'm only talking about people of faith who have put their faith in Jesus or have said that they put their faith in Jesus an individual believer who is lazy and just makes no effort to develop the relationship with god just doesn't doesn't want to grow has no interest in uh, coming to the scripture or or associating with other believers or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. th- that believer's life will look very different than the believer who immerses themselves in the scripture and, mm-hmm. and surrounds themselves with godly people. Their yes. lives will look very different. All the while, God's eternal purpose for the church and for uh, through Christ unchanged, yep. completely unchanged. Yep. And all the while, your eternal position before God completely unchanged. Yep. Um I don't I don't think it was God's purpose for me to marry Michelle. Uh, you know when I met her at 31 years old, I am on this side of it incredibly grateful that I married Michelle. Ooh, okay, that's a
1: phenomenal thing to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Cuz I, I heard that growing up like you yeah. should pray that God'll let you meet the person he has planned for you to marry. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Soulmates. D- Does God have someone planned for you to marry? I have no idea. Here's here's where we would land. It's not in the scripture anywhere. Yeah. With there's no way for us to know that he does have that. So I would hate for my life to be like set on a path for some belief that's just an assumption that's not right. actually there. I would rather know, man, here's what God wants of a marriage relationship. Yep. Yeah. And here's here's someone that I feel like fits that really well, has the same heart and passion for Jesus. Yeah. Our personalities fit well. We feel like we can do the life that that is, is glorifying to Jesus together. Like a- ask those questions because yeah. you can know those things from the scriptures. Right. You can't know if this is someone God has planned for you. Here's what I mean. I think there's some people out there waiting. Like I just haven't found the person that God has set apart for me. Or
2: agonizing over, man, I really like this person, but I just don't know if they're the one that God has for me. Right. Agonizing over that instead of just asking the questions, is this someone that I can proclaim Christ with? Right. And then there's the people who've been dating for four years and they just fight like crazy all the
1: time. And, never have a good relationship and they're like, but I just feel like this is the person God has for me. Yeah. And I'd be like, stop, you're stupid. Like, this yeah. is not yeah, yeah. someone you should marry.
2: Yeah. We yeah. had those it, conversations. Oh man, I've had way too many of those conversations where somebody says, well, uh, I mean, like to the extreme, uh, I forget the example or when it was. I'm really glad I don't know this guy because it would have ticked me off, but it's happened multiple times. So I could have been speaking about a lot of guys, but <laughs> there was a there was a pastor in the late 90s, early 2000s that uh, started an affair, an, an adulterous relationship with his secretary or somebody else in the church or whatever, and some of the deacons came to him and said, "Like you, you're in sin, man. You just step down." And he, and he goes, "No, no, no. You don't understand. God's told me to do this," which we can say 100. No, God no. did not tell you to do that. And so, so a lot of times people are wow. wanting to justify their choices by God's plan or God's purpose, um, and and I think that when we when we manipulate God's plan or purpose to suit our desires, Yeah, man, we are in big trouble because at that point, like it, okay, I'll give you an example. I, uh, 1998, I went to India, uh, for, uh, for seven weeks and my two, two of my, uh, let's see. Yeah. Sorry. So two of my three closest friends had gotten married shortly before I left. And the third one was getting married three days after I landed back in the country. Uh, So within six months, my three closest friends were all going to be married. And I was a year older than all of them. And I wasn't even close. And so I spent a lot of time in India going, man, God, like, when am I going to get to be married, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had lived with my friend Scott for the previous year and he had been engaged to Charlene. And like, we talked about that a lot. So like, it was in my head a lot, right? Um, And, and so... I I went to India and I was like, man, God, I want my wife. Bring me my wife. Uh, When I get back to the States, bring me my wife. Well, shortly back into the States, I meet a girl. She's a pretty girl and she seemed to like me and I liked her. So I was like, all right, cool. This is the answer to prayer. And we hated each other. (laughs) Like it was bad, like just so bad. But what I did uh, in arrogance and pride and whatever, what I did is I started telling people like, this is the girl, man. I'm I'm committed to this. Like I'm going to marry this girl, and I had a a ring, an engagement ring, made for her.
1: Oh my gosh! Yeah, you don't remember mm. this?
2: I don't remember the ring part of it. Yeah. So uh, I had an engagement ring made, and I so we dated for nine months, longest relationship I'd ever had. Michelle and I didn't even date that long. <laughs> like we were engaged. Well, yeah, in, it's because in, in, you were
1: thirty one when you started dating in
2: like ten <laughs> weeks. But uh, uh um, but this girl like her her parents hated me. Uh we didn't really like each other at all. We were fighting all the time. And you uh, sound
0: terrible back then.
2: Yeah, I was. <laughs> there was a um we allowed the relationship to get way more physical than it should have gotten and we weren't honoring Jesus in that. Weren't we won't kiss her? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, way too much. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, shut up <laughs> trying to be serious. <laughs> what I, I did in the nineties, I kissed dating goodbye. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, and then, then he kissed Jesus goodbye, but that's another thing. So, uh, so I remember, I remember my good friend, Scott taking me to this local coffee shop there in Lubbock and he set me down and he goes, dude, you, you got to break up with this girl. Like you've got to. Yeah. And this was Maybe a month or two before I broke up with her. But in my mind, what I thought is, how can I break up with her? I've told everybody that this is the girl I'm gonna marry, then I'm gonna have to admit that I'm wrong, and then I'm gonna have to look like a fool. And I think I think honestly, I think our pride and our ego mm. like keeps us in places that we know this isn't where God would have me. Well, you know when God closes the door, he opens oh, the window. Gosh. <laughs> Uh, I, I tell you one of these days, one of these days, I am going to write a paper when God closes a door. Sometimes it's because he intends to kill you. One of these days I am writing that book. Like, cause all my life I've heard people say when God closes a door, but like sometimes he's, he's closing, Like he's coming in he's going, all right, we need to deal with this. And he's cl- closing the door because your time's up, <laughs> you know, it's over. But but I think we—it's th- funny that, that it's it's never our fault in those situ- nope. scenarios, situations, yeah. and scenarios. Yeah, and and we what we do then, and I I had some gracious friends, so I was, I had some people who loved me well through it when I ended up breaking up with her, but but I think what we do to preserve ourselves is we, what we do instead of saying, man, I was wrong, is we say, well, God, God wanted me to date her, but then now God has told me he didn't want me to. And it, and instead of dealing with the inconsistency of that, uh, you know, we just were like, it's, it gets to be God's will the whole time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and what I will tell you is that nine months, um, I, I was split and I was teaching, uh, a college Sunday school class at the church that I was attending at the time. Um, and I was seeking to honor God in that. I was not seeking to honor God at all in my relationship with this girl. Um, there wasn't anything about our relationship that that looked good. Like it just, it was terrible. Like it was just miserable all the time. And, and what I did is I, I put myself into a situation where for nine months, um, I, I was miserable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And specifically because, and I don't think that was God's purpose for my life. No, I I think I think if what I've told people in the past, uh, and but since that point is if you start dating somebody, because you, I mean, how do you get to know somebody? A lot of times it's by dating, right? Like if they don't run in the same circles as you. So, second or third date, I should have known that that girl was not going to be good. And so, like, I'm going, okay, God, is this the girl you have for me? And by third date, I should have been like, nope. (laughs) And well, and and what you know,
1: and to be a little bit maybe like fair in your situation most of us at that age aren't capable of recognizing that without some influential people who are wise in our life to help us see that yeah i i just don't think i, I don't think culturally we're at a place in culture where we are instilling that kind of wisdom in teenagers yeah true where when they go into their late teens and early 20s that they're ready to make those kind of decisions which sucks because they're feeling the the like tension of like I long to be in this long relationship with somebody and hormones and yeah. I mean, all <laughs> that together. Like it's a fair place to be. Yeah. And I just don't think we're, we're not typically prepping our kids for that. And yeah. I think that's, that's important maybe for us as parents is to recognize we have an opportunity yeah. to, to not give our kids these stupid cliche phrases. Like we'll see where, let's see what, what woman God has planned for yeah. you to our sons or, you know, we'll see what man God has planned for you to our daughters, but saying to our kids, hey, this is God's desire for marriage. This is yeah, what yeah. biblical marriage looks like. Here's the kind of man or woman you're looking for because this is the kind of man or woman that you can do life with in a way where your marriage looks like this. Yeah. And then as they're going through life, they're able, instead of going, is this God's purpose for me? They can go, I know God has an eternal plan. Right. And part of that plan is is accomplished in the way that me and my marriage reflects the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right. And to do that well, I want to find someone who fits that mold. Yep. And you're not... You're not saying like, God, please bring the right one to me. You're saying, God, please, please bring someone into my life that I can accomplish yeah. this with. Instead of it being like one singular person in the entire universe. Now it's like, cause let's be honest. There's probably thousands upon thousands of people that fit that mold. Mm-hmm.
2: More than that. I've done the math. Oh, believers. Yeah. Wow. How many exactly? Well, I mean, okay, so I want to know now. <laughs> so, what? How many people are we up to in the world? Seven and a half billion. Enough, yeah. So, I, I'm just, I'm just going to round it down, right, to seven billion. Right. Yeah, I understand. So, system. this is what I used to do when I was single. I was like, okay, there's seven billion people in the world. Half of those are women. So, we've got three and a half billion people. Uh, how what, do you know? It's got to be more. Did than you not
0: that. listen to the PCC this time? Bear with me. I'm just joking. <laughs> Shut <laughs> up. So. <laughs>
2: so and then, <laughs> and it, you you go okay. So, how many Christian women are there in the world? You know, and it's obviously not three and a half billion, but you know, you go it's it's a lot. They're like there are a lot of Christian women in the world now. Out of pick a number, right? So we say there's 500 million currently Christian women in the world that are that are within dating range. <laughs> you know, like they're they're not they're not going to be nine. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and so were between ten and eighty, yeah, right. <laughs> D- dating
0: range. We, we used to joke with a buddy of mine
1: in college because uh, someone said this to him at one point in high school, which was totally wrong. But he was like, "If they shave their legs, they're old enough to
2: date." <laughs> <laughs> so we mess with him uh, like, "Does she shave her legs?" No. Nope. But uh, so five hundred million is probably too many. So we'll we'll say two hundred million probably yeah, yeah, yeah. in that dating range. Now. This is taking a long time just to get to the number. Yeah, but easily, easily. Only I'm not a, a even. I, a, I didn't mean to derail. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> even attracted to more than like even half of those, right? And so you have to take that down. Eventually, you find out that there are a lot of girls who don't like a guy with a hairy chest. Too bad, they're out. You know. So like, yeah. uh, but anyway, basically there are eight. There are eight, eight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's I'm I'm being tongue in cheek. Oh, okay. Being, like, but yeah, the point being, there are a lot of people. like yeah. yeah what, 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 what people say on a serious note, what people say is. Um, I, I want to know if she's the girl for me. And what I do, I mean, I'm being dead serious now. What I do with somebody, a young man who will come and say, "Man, I just I like this girl, but I don't know." Yeah. I'll say, "Does she love Jesus?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Are you attracted to her?" And he goes, "Yeah." I was like, "Does she happen to like you?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, <laughs> "Is she attracted to you?" And he's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Do you believe that you could proclaim Jesus in a relationship with this woman?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Then go for it." Awesome. And and I think that what we do is we're like, "Oh, yeah, but is it God's plan?" Like, God's plan is Jesus. And you can't screw that up. And yeah, maybe yeah, to yeah. your
1: point a second ago, we oftentimes put too much on God in terms of the decisions we make, whether they are good decisions or bad decisions. I mean, how many people break up with somebody and they're like, I feel like God's telling me not to date anybody. Yeah, right because because, because they're Because you, the, you don't have yeah. the nuts
2: to say. Yeah, grow a pair and say, look... I met this new girl that I like and I want to break up with you because almost every person that I've ever heard say, God told me to break up with you was dating somebody by the following. Now granted there's,
1: I think there's situations where like you're saying the girl you were dating.
2: Yeah. Like
1: I I think that God was probably telling you that the whole time. So
2: yeah, what what I mean is the people who are just tired of the relationship who use it as a cop out. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I will say this. I don't, I don't think that God intended for me to, uh, I don't think God intended for those nine months of my life to look the way that they did. Correct. Correct. I I wasn't growing as much. I wasn't learning about God. I was, I was ignoring some of my very close friends and their counsel. Like, I don't think that that was God's will. And to,
1: to refute like the open theistic perspective, we totally would say that we feel like God knew. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't like, Oh yeah. I started dating this girl. I don't think she's good for him. Yeah. It's like, yeah. There's it's it's a it's a god it's a surprised response. he's like wait a minute it's a response <laughs> to the extreme other side yeah. Which, yeah, yeah which tends to happen
0: i think that's that's the biggest issue is i think that people are defining god knowing as god planning as like god like writing out all the details of, if he knows something's going to happen but like not, I, I think that there's maybe that's the aspect and you can correct me if i'm wrong or being dumb here but like maybe that's the aspect where we can just be like man we just don't know how necessarily this works but like yeah, we would know and agree a hundred percent that wasn't God's intention for you to be miserable and to not glorify him and honor him in this area, but it didn't take God by surprise. God knew that was going to happen.
2: It also didn't change God's purpose through Christ.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: So, Um, and, and you know, that's an interesting, let's, let's follow that for a second. Like a lot of people are walking away from the church because of pastor's sin. Yeah. And and what we would say is that was not God's purpose for that guy. That was not God's purpose for that church. But you don't, you shouldn't walk away from church because the pastor was a sinner. Now you might need to find a new body to worship with. Well, you, you would if, if your perspective was that yeah. God has everything
1: like, that he fabricated all these things that happened in this, like that God
2: made that happen. But my point being to someone who is genuine about their faith and genuinely pursuing God, who gets their heart broken by a pastor who has betrayed confidence and who has manipulated the situation. Like what the comfort we take is God has a purpose in Christ that can't be undone. that can't be thwarted. I, I don't think that the people, I'll say this, the people
1: who leave or walk away from church, at least for an extended amount of time, in those scenarios are either not believers are so young in their faith. They have no idea what it looks like to say, God has an eternal plan and he's going to yeah. accomplish it. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's, it's it's that tends to be people who their entire life was wrapped up in like what this one person said. Yeah, And then when that, when that felt system and the if teacher, that, yeah, if, the fa- if that's the foundation of their faith and that foundation is broken then they have nowhere to turn. Yeah, And so they have to go look for something else. So True. versus someone who is, is a believer that understands that God has an eternal purpose and He's going to fulfill this wasn't it.
2: Part of it. This yeah. was
1: not it. You, yeah. you might feel the emotional hurt and tension. You might you might hate, like feel hate for the people involved. Yeah. Um. And you might be jaded and scarred for like churches that look like that or organizations that look like that. Yeah. But what's going to happen is after a time of of healing, you're going to be able to find a healthy place to be with other believers who do love Jesus and who are longing to honor their lives or honor Jesus with their lives, and you're going to find yourself moving farther and farther away from the emotional hurt right. because you found a healthy place to be. Right. The people who stay away, either they're found, either they're believers and they just were so young that their foundation was wrong, or they're not believers and just knew, they're what we call cultural Christians who just yeah. knew the lingo and knew, knew the culture. And I think that, I mean, just to be honest, I think that we have a Christian culture that for decades has set up this mindset and we're being a little tongue in cheek here. That God, clo- when God closes the door, He opens a window. If that's the if that's the perspective and mindset that we've been teaching people in churches, then what we're setting them up for is failure. When yeah. your pastor has an affair, yeah, or when you find out that you know the the person running the money at the church stole all the money. Or you find Mm -hmm. out that like your parents weren't the people you thought they were. When you find out that your best friends been doing things you didn't know, they were, you know, like all those things, as much as they hurt, it doesn't shake you foundationally because your foundation isn't in those people. And it's not in those circumstances. Yeah, It's in Jesus. And you understand that in spite of those awful things, God's still accomplishing
2: his purpose. Yeah, And that Mm -hmm. can't ever be changed. Nothing we can ever do. And then we'll change it. And then, Let's take that to one step further, because I think that it's going to invite the question. Some people are going to go, why are all these awful things happening in the world? Because we Mm -hmm. suck. Yeah. And it is because people reject God and are not in line with who he is in his
1: character. Even believers. Yeah. And we, we, we would say here, we all would agree, we're free of sin. Mm-hmm. But what I'm, what we mean by that? Sorry, we're free from sin is what I'm what yeah. I'm trying to say. Like Romans eight, we've been free from the law of sin Set and death free from by the power by the, the power Spirit. of sin. So like we're not we're not obligated to live under sin as if as if we were before Christ. Right. But that doesn't mean that we always make the right decision in in honoring God and what we do. Right. Mm-hmm. We make stupid decisions still, and so that and the world who has rejected
2: God is doing that all the time. all the time. All the time. Yeah, yeah, all the time. But none of this. Undermines God's eternal purpose, which no. is redemption through Christ. Yeah, not yeah. at all.
1: And so I think maybe the the like solace we could take in that is taking a deep breath and going, I don't have to like slave over whether or not this is God's plan for my life. Mm-hmm. In fact, maybe my encouragement for everybody, for all of us, would be, like literally take it before God in prayer. Yeah. yeah. Like instead of asking God, what is your plan for my life in this specific scenario? I don't think that's a bad prayer to ask, but maybe before you get to that point, say. God, how can I honor you in this? Mm-hmm. Like, God, I feel, God, I, Michelle and I feel like we we want to move to Longview. Right. Like, if if this is something that is is a benefit, like, if this is just another place for us to be that we can honor you in, I pray that you just give us peace about this. If this is yeah, something yeah. that we, like, there's something, some unforeseen thing that we can't see right now, help us see that now. Like, yeah. those are those are legit prayers. Right. And I think God, I don't think God doesn't want to know that stuff. He wants to have those conversations yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, sitting back going, God, should I go to Longview or not? And then you're sweating it. And right. then you're driving to Longview going, is this really what God planned for me? I don't know. And you're freaking yeah. out the whole time. You know, that's why I think people yeah, yeah. are when they think, God closes the door, he opens a window. It's like, <laughs> is this the window, God? Yeah. And you, yeah. you're just killing yourself over trying to figure it out instead of just taking a deep breath and going, man, God's got a purpose. He's going to fulfill it and accomplish it. And then just saying, God, man, guide me through this. Well, and mm-hmm. we have so much freedom in Christ too. That, yeah. I mean, yeah. I remember college students asking us all the time on the road, like, Hey, where should I go to college? Like, I don't where know, do you want to like, go to college? Where do you
2: want to you wanna
1: go? Yeah. And then it's, it's a wisdom conversation from that point. Like, yeah. You know, I'd like to go to Baylor. Well, can you afford to go to Baylor? Right. You know what I mean? Like you want to be in debt for the <laughs> yeah. next 20 years or yeah. 40 yeah. years, probably more like at Baylor. Like, <laughs> sure. You know, like those are, but those are not plans of
2: God conversations. It's just wisdom right. conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Can you honor God at Baylor? hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Don't sweat it guys. Stop sweating. Stop sweating it. Listen to what we're saying. Embrace the freedom you have in Jesus on the air conditioner. Yeah. God, God has, what is it? God will accomplish his eternal purpose. God has an eternal purpose and he will accomplish it. You're not going to stand in the way of it. Yeah. Um, there is, you can be, you can be part of it. You're invited to be a part of it. He's made a way for you. You are a part of it. You are a part of it. Yeah. Um, there are, what is the term you used earlier, Micah? There's some ebb and flow to it. To how the story uh, goes. To how the story goes. Um, there may be some things within our individual lives that, um, I forget the exact terminology that we use that we may, um, may not be experiencing or, or, um, growing as much during a period. Uh, but that doesn't hinder, if we've proclaimed faith in Christ, doesn't hinder our salvation during that period at all. Yeah. It doesn't change Um, anything about our salvation. We may be miserable we may be not growing as much we may not be experiencing god to his fullest to his fullest we may not be there's a lot of things that may not be happening but um so our our prayer is that you can be free from a lot of those times mm-hmm. yep um that that may it be a relationship like like Brian's story um may it be burdens with with jobs or just the just world distress those types of things that those things won't hinder you um or rather you will embrace the freedom that you have in Christ and move forward in such a way where you know that you can honor him at this job or that job. You can honor him in this relationship or that relationship Um, and pray and seek for the wisdom to honor him fully regardless of that. Um, And embracing the fact that we serve a God that's going to accomplish his will regardless and that he's brought us along for the ride. And how great is that that through the blood of the cross, through the victory of the empty grave, we are now brought into the family of God that we have now divine participation to walk along with him. (laughs) I like that phrase. And uh, it's, yeah, it's great, guys. It's an awesome time. Do you guys have anything else to add to God's eternal plan and him accomplishing it?
1: Yeah, one more thought. I just thought about this. There's been a lot of people who've lost their jobs for the last couple of years. True. Um, And I think that's difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, to be in a situation where you feel like you're trekking through life and then something happens like that. Or maybe you find out that someone in your family is like terminally ill or has a, you know illness or cancer or something like that. Um, I think maybe the the dangerous place to go is to go, God, why did you do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the safe place for us to go is to say, God, this sucks. Help mm-hmm. like, yeah. walk me walk through this. And you, you will drive yourself mad trying to ask God, why did you, why did
2: you do this? What's the purpose of this? Yeah, yeah,
1: Instead of, instead of saying like, man, sometimes the world sucks. Um, and sometimes things in this life suck. And the, the, the solace and hope we have is that Jesus said, he'll never leave us or forsake us. Yep. Like he's the mm-hmm. one we can trust. And, um, I've seen some of you do this that are watching and listening, like you're driving yourself mad trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I think that's important for us to remember is like in, in God's eternal plan, his purpose is fulfilled. Um, yeah. And part of the ebb and flow sometimes is that things don't always go right, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think we can't kill ourselves either trying to figure out why these things happened. Um, and I'll just tell you, it's a tendency for us to even think like, God, what did I do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And again, with the with the one nuance, I think in the New Testament would be like 1 Corinthians 11 or Ananias and Sapphira, which is yep. a conversation to be had. But I mean, those are like, not normal extreme things. Extreme situations. Extreme situations. So, you know, you lose your job or somebody dies or, or or gets sick or cancer. Stop asking, like, what did I do? And start start just asking God, like, walk with me through this. Well,
2: and and God's eternal purpose hasn't changed. Right. And so in your successes and in the times when the world is kicking your butt, um, go, okay, God, you still have an eternal purpose of Christ. So how do I take this? Yep. and And use it. Towards yeah. that eternal purpose, um, because mm. because what we tend to do, sorry, Micah Pierce, you, I guess we do have something more. You're to are <laughs> yeah. uh, But what we tend to do, Micah, is make ourselves the object of the action, and so whether it's a success or a, or a butt kicking, we go, "Why is this happening to me?" Or "I'm so glad this happened to me." Instead of going, "God, how do I take these circumstances yeah. and use them to magnify your yep. purpose, mm-hmm. yep. which is Jesus?" Yep.
1: Yeah. Cause if, if the question is always is, was this God's will? I think you're going to drive yourself mad. Yeah. Uh, you, you can't know that from the scriptures one way or the other. I think that that's not always just a straight up yes or no question, question or answer to that question. Um, my mom died of cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think that it was like something that God said. I think that my purpose was that my mom would live to 59 and then die of cancer. Um, but maybe it was I, point being like, the heart we had to have in the midst of that was we're gonna honor God in the midst of this chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. Not try to figure it out. You can't change it. You can't change yeah, yeah, the reality yeah. of it. But you, what you can do is have a heart and mind to say, God, I'm gonna do whatever I can in this moment to honor you, and then let God be your source of comfort.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Sorry,
2: that Now we don't have yeah, any. Now we're done.
0: Lean upon Jesus, man. It's so much, it's so much simpler it is it is it can be difficult kind of like what you said a little bit ago about the job situation different things like that that can be within difficult situations that doesn't necessarily immediately erase the hardness of the situation at hand right. necessarily but we have a firm foundation that is not leaving us alone mm-hmm. um yeah. we have we have solid truths that will not falter Um, and in Christ. And so lean upon that in the midst of that, knowing that this eternal purpose is not changing or, um, faltering and that we are now a part of it. And we join alongside God and ask, instead of, instead of making us the focus, we say, God, how can, how can, in the midst of this, how can we, um, how can this be used for your glory and for your purpose? Yeah. Awesome. Well, so. Speaking of awesomes, we're in Steven's studio. (laughs) Steven's here. Steven's studio. (laughs) Steven's studio. I've never. How would Sean Connery said that? that. Steven. What what did you? You also said you tried to combine situations and scenarios earlier. You said scenarios, and then you kept going, and I was like, "That's the best." I don't even know
1: like how to stop it. Yeah, I think they would. I did another one too, where I mixed the two. I may have covered that one a little better, but I was too far in on that one. It's just, I, can't even say, I can't even say
0: what you said but it was because so, then you just went back and you're like scenarios and you just kept going and I was like I wanted to comment on it so bad but you, if it was me so, you would have commented on it so I, I just I, could, I, think, I think I was taking a drink and I was like <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get to the joke so fast uh but but Stevens here. We're we're at the the Garden Audio. Uh, Go give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, Just see what he's doing. See what he's got going on. Say thank you for Simpler. We love you. You're the best. While you're over there, check out at SimplerPod. We are on Instagram and Facebook. Um, You're going to want to make plans this May. You know what? For the Simpler Conference, May 13th and 14th, we've got the first ever Simpler Conference first ever. We got six sessions. We're making things simpler. The very last session is Simpler Live where you get to participate in a live episode. So you're going to want to be there for that. Guess what? Only $10 to be a part of it, but there's only a hundred spots. So you're going to want to get registered ASAP. So go to our social media. The links are posted on there. Or if you want the link right now, it's in the show notes, or I'll even tell you the 456.org slash Pod, and you'll find that on there. Be sure to get registered. If you if it's already full, we're so sorry, but follow along on social media. That's where we're going to post our clips, posts, different things from the conference. So at SimplerPod on Facebook and Instagram, that's where you're going to see everything on there. Um, yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening in, for subscribing, for getting the notification, leaving reviews. We thank you so much for being a part of these conversations. Let us know what you guys think. Thank you for diving in. We love you all. You guys are awesome. And as always, keep Christ's core. What could be simpler than that? We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.
2: Hasta wager.